Well, friends, I am really excited to share with you and with Lori Beth from the book of Joshua, chapter 3 and 4. That's going to be our scripture for today, uh, selected verses within there, as we conclude our sermon series, Stronger Through the Struggle. Uh, These past several weeks, we've looked at ways in which even in the midst of really difficult struggle, God is present and God is with us. And in God's presence, we find strength and hope. And so today we're going to just wrap up that theme. Uh, The the title of the message today is Back to the Future. I would love to show a clip from the movie because I know like as soon as I saw that title, I was like, oh yeah, Um, we're not going to do that. So just, you know, uh, just so you know up front, but you can watch it. I watched it it later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I did find a cool video that I I would have wanted to show, but in different circumstances. There was a video of a woman who, uh, she's a comedian. She made a video of herself four months ago uh, warning herself about what life was going to be like. It was funny. If you just Google me in four months or whatever, uh, it'll come up. And uh, it was pretty funny. But today we're going to look, with that title of Back to the Future, we're going to look at how remembering God's faithfulness in the past allows us to be stronger now and to have hope for the future. So that's the theme for today. Um, And as we begin, I'm going to start with, uh, like I said, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 and 4. And I'm going to start with with Joshua 3 verse 5. And this won't be on your screen, but I'll read it to you. Um, And it speaks to the idea that we need to be ready to prepare ourselves for the work that God is doing among us. And so before we dig into the word a little bit deeper, uh, I want to start in the same place that Joshua did with the Israelites, and that's this way. He says in verse 5, Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And so again, just realizing and recognizing that God is at work among us. God is already doing things. God is already present. God is already active. But I would like for us to, to take a moment just to acknowledge that in prayer to prepare our hearts to receive the work that God is doing now uh, and to hear from it and to move in response to it. And so let's pray before we get into the scriptures. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, sanctify us, consecrate us, make us holy and set apart to be ready to be in your presence even now. We trust that you are here and that you are about to do something in our midst right now. And so, Lord, we ask that you prepare our hearts to receive you, to receive your word, and to receive your work. And through it all, strengthen our faith in you. Amen. So as we get into this story in Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4, just a little bit of context. Uh, The place we find ourselves is that the Israelites are coming to the end of their time in the wilderness. And they had, they're they're at the doorstep of the promised land. The land that was promised to them, uh, to Moses, uh, 40 years prior, uh, while they were still slaves in Egypt. And and of course Moses led them out of that, led them into the wilderness, and, and God worked on them for 40 years as they wandered through the wilderness, preparing their hearts to receive Uh, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's promise, the promised land. And they're at the doorstep. They're just outside Jericho. You remember Jericho, right? Joshua Mm -hmm. fit the battle of Jericho uh, and the walls came tumbling down. So they're like, they're right there. Maybe we should have added that. We should have sung that one. Um, (laughs) Go ahead, do a solo. (laughs) I used to play on the trumpet. Anyway, uh, yeah, no. Uh, so So they're right outside the door, but they have to first cross the river. And before they cross the river, they're crossing the River Jordan, and it's at a time in which the river is at its peak. 
And so it's as rushing as it can possibly be. That, uh, this probably resonates with some of you after all the rain that we mm-hmm. experienced um, this week, what a rushing river looks like. And so that's what they're faced with, uh, ready to cross over into the promised land. Joshua now has taken up uh, the mantle of, of Moses' leadership. And, and so that's where we are. And they need God to show up and to make a way uh, where there is no way. And so we're going to read from Joshua chapter 3, starting at verse 9. Hear this word from the Lord. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap, far off at Adam, the city that is beyond Zarethan, while those flowing toward the Sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. I love in the beginning of that, uh, not only did they prepare themselves to receive God's presence and the miracle that God was going to do in their midst, uh, Joshua also says, by this you will know that God is with you. And, and the knowing in this context is not just an intellectual kind of knowing. It's not just a fact, oh yeah, God's with me. It's an experience mm-hmm. of being in the presence of the living God and being saved by God. That's the kind of knowledge uh, that Joshua is preparing the people to experience and, and to, uh, to, to undergo with God's help. And so there's kind of a, just to, to take a little bit of a higher view on this passage, um, back up just a little bit for a little more context. This is partly solidifying and, and sort of verifying Joshua's leadership. Right. right. So at this point in the story, Moses had passed away. Um, Joshua was now leading the Israelites. And so part of this story is to affirm Joshua's leadership. Um, and to let, so that God would say, you know what, uh, God says, I am, with, I am with Moses and now I am also with Joshua. Um, but it's also a reminder for Israel as well uh, to say, I am still with you. And so even after 40 years, I remember Joshua, uh, Joshua's leading now because Moses has died. So some of the others who came out of Israel and, and were a part of that Exodus story and saw those plagues and saw the deliverance and, and crossed the Red Sea, um, they have also passed away. And so we're now on to another generation uh, of people who had told those stories but maybe not necessarily experienced them, known them, 
um, for themselves. And so this, again, is also an opportunity for God to say, hey, I am still here. I am still with you. Uh, I have not forgotten my promises I made to you. Um, in fact, it, tell, it, it talks about the, the, the water standing up in a heap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the only other place that that's really used, that, that word in, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew anyway, is when the Israelites cross the Red, Red sea. sea. So that's an intentional reference back to the Red Sea to say, hey, remember that God that was with you? Then That's me, and I am, and I am still here, <laughs> and I'm still with you. Um, it's also a reminder of just of God's salvation in general, God's power over the water, to be able to stop a river, to be able to part a sea. Um, This is a statement about who God is and what God is capable of doing. Um, And of course, anytime we talk about water and salvation, we're reminded of baptism, right? As as part of our Christian story, also as part of the Israelite story, there were rituals that that would prepare them to be in God's presence and meet God. Um, The Ark of of the Covenant was, was a representation of God's presence, passing through the water. Again, it's, it just reminds, it's baptism language. Mm-hmm. It's baptism language. Uh, and in fact, uh, we see, if you keep reading and get to the New Testament, Jesus himself is baptized in that very river, right. in the Jordan. So again, these are all just stories that kind of recapitulate and, and build on one another and, and tell the story of God's faithfulness to God's people. Almost reminds them. Yeah. Of what has happened yeah. in the past. Exactly. It's almost like they can see it coming as they experience it. They're like, wait a second, we've, we've been here before. Right. God's mm-hmm. done this before. God saves through water all the time. And so I, it's just a reminder. And again, uh, so we, we talk about the, they talk about the Ark of the Covenant. And just a reminder of what that was. That carried uh, the stone tablets. It carried the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, uh, all of the law. It was also thought to be the very presence right. of God mm-hmm. as the Israelites wandered and, and were formed uh, through the desert and were led by God through the cloud and the fire uh, and all that stuff. The God's presence was thought to reside in that Ark. And so literally, God's presence is going before them, making a way where there was no way before. And so, um, the important point of, of, of this part of the story, and we'll get to the second half in a second, is to remember that God is with us. Um, and, and just recognize God's presence. And so, I wonder, uh, Lori Beth, if there are ways that you have how have you experienced God's presence either uh, recently or, or throughout your life and, and noticed and, and said, hey, this feels familiar or I, I recognize like this is not me, like this is God doing something here. Right. There have been many times where I wish there was an Ark of the Covenant, right? <laughs> right present yeah. where I'd be like, yep, that's where God is. I can count on that. And it's, it's not how God interacts with us um, um, in these particular times. But my answer to that question is kind of twofold. Um, when one way in which I have begun to recognize God's presence, I call it God's heartbeat. And, and I feel that particularly in, even though times might be challenging, but when I feel like I'm really in sync with God, when I'm oriented, which is mm-hmm. from a couple of Sundays ago, we talked about being oriented or disoriented. I, it's almost like I can just feel this sense of God's heartbeat. So it's not doing anything miraculous, but it's just the sense of a steady presence in my life. But when, when I'm feeling more disoriented, there are times when that heartbeat is so faint, I can barely feel it. Mm. And so in those moments, what I have discovered is that um, for me, God works in what I call God whispers. 
and their, their, their whispers and nudges in which God becomes present. And the best way I can explain it is just to give you an example of one particular day that I experienced three God whispers in a row. And it was a terrible day. I hung up the phone and had just finished a conversation at a, another place in ministry where I realized, oh my gosh, like this is not going well. There's a big problem. And, and I was feeling very much caught up in it and to blame. And it was just, it was just a bad, we've all been there. We just feel like you're in a really low place um, personally. Not 10 minutes after I hung up that phone, a friend, a good colleague friend of mine randomly called and he was someone I trusted and he could tell something was wrong. And, and so I, I, you know, I told him a little bit of what was going on and he just offered me some words of encouragement. I was like, oh man, that was timely. But I had to get off to a lunch meeting and I, I walked to that meeting and still feeling really upset. And I literally ran into one of our church members like we we ran into each other um walking around a car and it, in that moment she like oh man it's so good to see you and she put her hand on my shoulder and just offered me a, a word of encouragement she had no idea what my day had been like she's i've just been meaning to tell you i really appreciate you i really appreciate your ministry with us thank you so wow you have no idea what that means my third god whisper then i get into the to my lunch meeting and this again this person has no idea what my day has been like and he just offered some sage just wise advice and um, affirmation and as I was reflecting on it later that afternoon I realized that was not random that within a period of about an hour and a half after feeling like I was about ready to just throw the towel in I had three different encounters with people who just offered me a word of encouragement, hold steady. So that's one of the ways that God has worked in my life. So it's not this big miraculous thing, but actually when it looked back, it, yeah. it felt pretty significant yeah. to me. Well, and at just the right time. Right? Yes. When it seemed like you were in a place where you weren't sure how to continue in the present way, right. something needed to change, whatever it was, and yet you received that sign that, hey, right. I'm, I'm here. Right. <laughs> I'm with you. And that there's more going on than just this one perspective yeah. that I had gotten caught up in. Yeah. But, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so the Israelites experienced that, right? They were at the edge of the water. They needed to cross over. They needed to get to the promised land. God showed up, provided a miracle. Um, but God wasn't done. God had something else for them to do um, in response to that miracle. And so let's keep reading in chapter 4. Um, we're going to start reading Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 1. We hear this. When the entire nation had finished crossing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Select twelve men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them, Take twelve stones from here, out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood. Carry them over with you and lay them down in the place where you camp tonight. Then Joshua summoned the twelve men from the Israelites, whom he had appointed, one from each tribe, Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone upon his shoulder for each one of the tribes of the Israelites, so that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. 
So these stones shall be to the Israelites a memorial forever. I just, I, I love this passage. I love it because there's, there's so much, I love the interaction between God and, and Joshua, between Joshua and the Israelites. I love um, the humanity in all of it. <laughs> I love the fact that God had just performed yet another miracle in their midst. And God says, now, hang on, I, I want you to remember this this time. <laughs> why, why, I mean, why is it so hard for us to, uh, to remember? I, that, to me, that's such, that's such a human aspect of this story, mm-hmm. right? These are people that, again, they grew up hearing stories about God sending plagues, about right. God showing up against the most powerful leader in the world and leading them out of slavery and oppression. Um, just by Moses, some guy who was, at the time, he was a shepherd, right? Like, I'm basically... Mm-hmm. Um, they had witnessed this. They had gotten up, they had woken up every single day in the desert and been provided with food in a place where there was no food. Right. They had manna, they had water. In a place where there was, I, they had seen and experienced, they had known God's presence right. among them through all of that, right? And yet still, uh, we had the golden calf. Right? They, they said, I don't, know, I don't know where this Moses fellow is. We're going to build something else because this is what we're going to worship. Um, it's crazy to me to think that they had seen and experienced all that and still forgotten God's faithfulness. Right. Um, but man, it's so easy to, to read that and go, oh, look, look at those guys. I wouldn't do that, <laughs> right? And yet God knows us so well. Mm-hmm. God knew to give them instructions uh, to remember so that in the future you have a sign. Um, and I find that we, we do that, obviously we do that naturally as human beings. We have cultural markers or we have things that we do to, to make sure that we take time to remember. Right. Uh, this, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, right? right? And so this weekend and tomorrow especially, uh, we take time to remember those who have sacrificed everything uh, and given their lives for our country and for our, our freedom and our safety. And we give God thanks for them. Um, God rest them and, and bring peace to their families who grieve this weekend. Um, but that's a cultural marker. I, my dad was out putting uh, flowers on mm. my grandparents' gravestones. I know a lot of people do that this weekend as well. That's a, that's a marker. That's a way to, to remember um, the people who have gone before us mm-hmm. and the ways that they've impacted our lives. Um, and so, again, sometimes it's necessary for us to create these things because on our own, we just, we just forget. Right. <laughs> we don't remember. Um, one of the things I love about the way that God has them mark this is, again, it's... it's um, it's very physical, hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a tangible thing that they can see and touch. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a physical reminder of a spiritual reality that God is mm-hmm. with us, um, which is what the gospel is, right? That's what Christ took on flesh. God took on flesh uh, to be in our midst in a physical way, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so God tells the Israelites, go ahead and uh, go out to the middle of the river. Go stand in the spot where you were standing when, it was, when it's dry and, and, and when everybody passed by and the Ark of the Covenant was there and my presence. Go in that spot. Grab these rocks. Pick, it says put them on your shoulder. So these aren't like, right. uh, these are beautiful rocks and, and thank you for it. Um, I don't think anybody had to put these on their shoulder to carry them, uh, to set them up on this altar. But they did, right? Like touch those rocks, pick them up heavy, struggle with them, uh, bring them out and set them up so that you will remember every time you see this that I was with you then and I'm with you now. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, so if you're, 
if you do any hiking or if you, if you haven't heard about this story of, of piles of rocks, if you've hiked before, you've seen things like this. And again, thanks for, this is a beautiful one. I'm going to try not to touch it because I don't want to <laughs> knock it over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what they are is when you're hiking along and you see a pile uh, like this, these cairns, you're reminded and you recognize that as a, as a marker for the trail to know that um, I'm on the right path and to just keep going. And, to, and also it's a reminder that someone else has been here before you. And that's what we see in, in this. God asks the Israelites, hey, make a, make a sign, make a marker, remind yourselves that I am there and I went before you through that river mm-hmm. and I'm with you. Uh, when your children ask in the future, what do these stones mean? They're a sign. They're a memorial forever of God's faithfulness. Um, and it, again, just a little bit of context for this story. This story is uh, believed to have taken place around 1300 BC. That was a long time ago. Right? It's believed to have been written down somewhere around after the, the Israelites were in exile and right. came back. They said, hey, we've got to remember these stories of God's faithfulness. And we need something to remember to, to bring us through the next time we feel like we're lost and where is God in all this. Again, God had them make this sign. It was a sign that lasted. And it was a sign that was meant to be seen for a long time to come um, to remember that God was with them. It was a sign of the way that God made a way when there was no way um, to go forward. And it's sometimes referred to as an Ebenezer. Um, Ebenezer means a stone of help. Literally, that's a stone of help. Um, and you may recognize that word not from the Scrooge uh, Christmas tales, but, um, <laughs> but from uh, maybe if you grew up in the church or if you know the song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, the second verse says, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thine help I've come. And so what that means is here I'm going to construct an altar. I'm going to construct a remembrance. I'm going to build something to remember that I'm only here because God was here with me. Mm-hmm. And that's what God instructs them to do. And so I, I, Lori Beth, I know that Come Thou Found is one of your favorite yes, hymns as well. Is. And so I wonder if there are ways that, what are, what are some ways that you build Ebenezer's in your life that you can remember, that you have something to come back to um, to remember God's faithfulness in your life? Right, that was such an interesting question to reflect on this week because I do think we, we so easily forget. And those stories and God's constant reminder is in, in Scripture are because God created us and knows us, and we just have a tendency to forget. And I, I have a horrible memory. My husband sometimes is, looks at me and just shakes his head, like, we've had this conversation before. <laughs> um, but what I have found that helps me are visuals and rituals. So while I might not build this tangible kind of structure, I have... Um, other ways of having those remembrances and so I am a journaler and you know to write in a journal is one thing but to go back and read it is another and so there are moments in my life that I will go back and read to remind myself how I was feeling and how I observed God working in my life and I can see in my own words those reminders of what God has done. And if I do that often enough, then, then those get memorialized in my head. I can remember the words that yeah. I've written. Um, pictures can also do the same thing for me. If there's been an important moment in my life, if I can capture that visual, then when I go back and look at that picture, because I'm a visual person, it triggers the emotion and the memory mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Music is another way. And y'all sang one of, the, one of my favorite worship triggers, Oceans, mm-hmm. is uh, Michelle just did a beautiful job. But it does not matter what I'm doing when I hear that song. It takes me to a place of worship where I remember where God has lifted me up. It just, it takes me there. Just, you know, like this tangible reminder. Um, 
But so, so the visuals help, but the rituals are also have become really important to me. And when I, so to me, worship, our corporate worship is one of the beautiful ways every week we build an Ebenezer. We do it every time we gather to yeah. worship. And, and how important has that been in this oh, season, man. right? Like when the mark, when the all traditional markers are gone. Like right. what day is it today? Like I have no yes, idea. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, yes, it helps us to grab hold of a little bit of orientation. Um, but through the rituals of, of our service together, and I don't care if it's contemporary, traditional, or emerging worship, all worship experiences have rituals of some kind. Um, but... Uh, one of the reasons that Christians tend to know the story of what happened in the upper room is because we celebrate communion and we tell that story over and over and over. Mm -hmm. We know the highlights of what God has done in our world because Christians celebrate Christmas and Easter every year and we know those parts of the stories and our worship experiences all in between help us look at some of these stories and other reminders in scripture that tell us what God has done for us so then as we think about that back to the future when we look at what God has done promised and fulfilled it helps us then um, trust what is yet to come so those rituals to me become um action kind of um, Ebenezer's, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I Do this in remembrance of me, right? Does right. it say that on here? I guess it says it on the other side. Right. Um, do this in remembrance of me. Christ commands us about the, about celebrating uh, right. the Lord's Supper, right? Right. Um, do this so that you don't forget. Right. <laughs> do this so that you remember I am with you. Do this uh, so that you remember my, my presence goes before you, um, no matter what you're facing. Um, Baptism, similarly, we were talking mm -hmm. about baptism earlier, right? I, when we do baptisms here in the sanctuary, um, we, give a, we give a candle uh, to remind the person being baptized that he, Jesus said he's the light of the world and mm -hmm. take, we're to take that light and go. We give a shell, uh, mm -hmm. if, if, if especially if it's, a, if it's a young person um, that we use to baptize them. If we're in the river, I remember last year you invited actually, you invited people mm -hmm. to head down to the river and to grab a stone. Right from the river to remember, hey, this, this is something that happened today that, that was a significant spiritual marker in my life. God met me. God was present. Um, God saved me through the waters of baptism to be a part of God's kingdom. And, and uh, we don't want to forget that. Right. And so those are other, those are other physical um, reminders. Um, you mentioned journaling. I, for me, I, I'm always amazed when I go back and read my journal, like, the, oh, wow, I wrote that? <laughs> and sometimes it was only, like, a couple months ago or whatever. Nice. And I'm not the best about journaling regularly, but the times that I do, I find it's helpful not only in the moment to remember God's faithfulness and name it, but like you said, later to revisit it. Um, I've had a couple other sort of physical, tangible reminders of God's mm -hmm. presence. This is a, a prayer cross um, that I got at a visit to, guess, uh, actually to Mepkin Abbey, a monastery where we, we've been doing spiritual retreats for a while. And it was just something that, again, when I, when I see this and when I feel it and when I touch it, I remember the time that I spent in God's presence at the Abbey, and it kind of brings me back into that place. Um, similar reminder here, this, um, this oil lamp. I got from Gethsemane Abbey, another, another monastery uh, that I visited when I was on sabbatical. Um, so just, again, the flame just being a tangible reminder of, of God's presence among us and with us and through us um, to, as we face whatever it is that we're facing. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to challenge you this week. I don't know what your Ebenezer's look like. 
Uh, I don't know if it's something physical like that or if it's something that, like Lori Beth mentioned, through journaling, through music, um, maybe some creative endeavor that you have. You write a poem, you write a song, you, uh, whatever, um, or you, you just enjoy reading or, or reciting or listening to someone that somebody else did um, that puts you in a place to reflect on God's goodness and God's faithfulness in your past. And um, it could be, I, like I said, it could be anything. I, it could be a... Um, it can be a prayer wall, it can be a picture, it can be art, it can be um, listening to a favorite song, a post-it note on your bathroom mirror, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it takes, um, a favorite recipe that mm. reminds you when, you when you taste that food and uh. you smell that experience of cooking, it reminds you of a person, a saint who went before you and taught you that, whatever it is. Right. Uh, it reminds you of when you're at camp or whenever you, whatever you are. Um, whatever you do, I, I don't know what that Ebenezer will look like for you, but you know what they are. You know what the reminders are in your life of God's presence and God's promise to be with you always. And so I just want to encourage you if, you, if you don't have one of those reminders already, come up with one this week. Spend some time praying about it and thinking about where have I met God and where, where has God shown up for me in ways that I could not have expected uh, and met me and delivered me and brought salvation in, in some sense. Um, and so I encourage you to, to, to raise an Ebenezer uh, this week uh, and, and do it in a way that is, uh, that is embodied, that is, that, that is tangible. I, incorporate all of your senses if you can. Touch the, touch the stones, hear the music or the poem, uh, taste the food. Um, it'll help you remember that much more um, and, and that much more richly um, the way that God has been present in your life. Um, now, I, I don't know where you find yourself right now. It seems like every day, I'm, I'm in a different place. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know if you're, but, but I guess no matter where we are, we're certainly in the midst of a struggle. These are not normal times by any stretch. Um, and so you might be in a place that you need to be reminded of God's faithfulness and God's presence and that God is with you. Uh, you might be wondering, uh, where, where is God mm-hmm. in this? Or you might be on the other end of the spectrum. You might be incredibly grateful for what God is doing and how God is providing in your midst right now. And so you can take this moment and create an Ebenezer to remember years from now. Man, remember when we were in the middle of all that COVID-19 stuff and God met me there. And God got me through. And God got us through. Um, I feel like I've been going back and forth between extreme gratitude for all the ways that God yeah. has, has blessed mm-hmm. me and, and my family through the midst of, of this time. Um, and then also like, I don't know, I'm done. Right. <laughs> like, overwhelming, like just right. frustration and like how long is this going to go? Can we really not, are we still sitting in an empty chair? Like all those things. Um, I kind of, I kind of waver back and forth between those things and, and wonder, you know, um, when is it going to go uh, when is it going to get back to, you know, normal? What I, and obviously, it's, it's not going to go back to normal, right? It's going to be different. It's going to be, be a, a new, new normal. normal. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take some time. This is not going to happen right away. As Vern said, we would love to have been gathered together, but we're a big church, and it takes time to think through how to do this safely and how to gather safely and, and make sure that um, we're, not being, we're not doing any harm uh, right. in gathering to worship. Because, Again, the reality is we can, we can worship anywhere. Um, and the church is not a building. It's not this sanctuary. Um, it's the gathering of God's faithful. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to, again, just, just encourage you, no matter where you are right now, to know um, that God is with you, even in this, even in this moment. Uh, and, and I want you to take some time this week to remember God's faithfulness in the past. Remember that because God was with you then, that means God is with you now, and God will be with you in the future. 
Um, I love the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and it has that line, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto us. May you experience that this week and always as you remember God's goodness and faithfulness. Amen.